0: record home with mirth and song, or where two or three friends of simple tastes could sit about as they pleased, and eat and smoke and talk in comfort and contentment. The ruddy brick floor smiled up at the smoky ceiling. The oaken settles, shiny with long wear, exchanged cheerful glances with each other, Plates on the dresser grinned at pots on the shelf, and the merry firelight flickered and played over everything without distinction. The kindly badger thrust them down on a settle to toast themselves at the fire, and bade them remove their wet coats and boots. Then he fetched them dressing-gowns and slippers, and himself bathed the mole's shin with warm water, and mended the cut with sticking-plaster till the whole thing was just as good as new if not better in the embracing light and warmth Said heartily. Now then, tell us the news from your part of the world Household Toad going on. Oh, from bad to worse, said the rat gravely, while the mole, cocked up on a settle and basking in the firelight, his heels higher than his head, tried to look properly mournful. Another smash up. See, he will insist on driving himself, and he's hopelessly incapable. If he'd only employ a decent, steady, well-trained animal. Rich, we all know, but he's not a millionaire, and he's a hopelessly bad driver, and quite regardless of law and order. Killed or ruined, it's got to be one of the two things sooner or later. Badger, we are his friends. Want we to do something. The Badger went through a bit of hard thinking. Now look here, he said at last rather severely. Of course you know I can't do anything now. His two friends assented, quite understanding his point. No animal, according to the rules of animal etiquette, is ever expected to do anything strenuous, or heroic, or even moderately active, during the off-season of winter. All are sleepy, some actually asleep all are weather-bound, more or less, and all are resting from arduous days and nights, during which every muscle in them has been severely tested, and every energy kept at full stretch. Very well, then, continued the badger, but once the year has really turned, and the nights are shorter, and half through them one rouses and feels fidgety, "'and wanting to be up and doing by sunrise, if not before, you know.' Both animals nodded gravely. They knew. "'Well, then,' went on the Badger, "'we—that is, you and me, and our friend the Mole here— "'we'll take Toad seriously in hand. "'We'll stand no nonsense whatever. "'We'll bring him back to reason.' by force, if need be. We'll make him be a sensible toad. We'll. You're asleep, rat. Not me, said the rat, waking up with a jerk. He's been asleep two or three times since supper, said the mole, laughing. He himself was feeling quite wake please sir said the elder of the two hedgehogs respectfully me and little billy here we was trying to find our way to school mother would have us go was the weather ever so and of course we lost ourselves sir and billy he got frightened and took and cried being young and faint-hearted and at last we happened up against mr badger's back door and made so bold as to knock sir For Mr. Badger he's a kind-hearted gentleman, as every one knows. "'I understand,' said the Rat, cutting himself some rashers from a side of bacon, while the Mole dropped some eggs into a saucepan. "'And what's the weather like outside?' "'You needn't sir me quite so much,' he added. "'Oh, terrible bad, sir, terrible deep the snow is.' said the Hedgehog. No getting out for the likes of you gentlemen to-day. "'Where's Mr. Badger?' inquired the Mole, as he warmed the coffee-pot before the fire. "'The master's gone into his study, sir,' replied the Hedgehog, "'and he said as how he was going to be particular busy this morning, "'and on no account was he to be disturbed.' This explanation, of course, was thoroughly understood by everyone one present. The fact is, as already set forth, when you live a life of intense activity for six months in a year, and of comparative or actual somnolence for the other six, during the latter period you cannot be continually pleading sleepiness when there are people about or things to be done. The excuse gets monotonous. The animals well knew that Badger, having eaten a hearty breakfast, had retired to his study, and settled himself in an armchair, with his legs up on another, and a red cotton handkerchief over his face, and was being busy in the usual way at this time of the year. fine, coming through the snow as the red sun was rising, and showing against the black tree-trunks. As you went along in the stillness, every now and then masses of snow slid off the branches suddenly with a flop, making you jump and run for cover. Snow castles and snow caverns had sprung up out of nowhere in the night, and snow bridges terraces ramparts i could have stayed and played with them for hours here and there great branches had been torn away by the sheer weight of the snow and robins perched and hopped on them in their perky conceited way just as if they had done it themselves a ragged string of wild geese passed overhead high on the grey sky and a few rooks whirled over the trees, inspected, and flapped off homewards with a disgusted expression. But I met no sensible being to ask the news some slime. insult anybody, or mind what they say. Things go on all the same overhead, and you let em and don't bother about em. When you want to, up you go, and there the things are, waiting for you." The Badger simply beamed on him. "'That's exactly what I say,' he replied. There's no security or peace and tranquillity except underground. And then, if your ideas get larger, and you want to expand, why, a dig and a scrape, and there you are? If you feel your house is a bit too big, you stop up a hole or two, and there you are again. No builders, no tradesmen, no remarks passed on you by fellows looking over your wall, and above all, no weather look at rat now a couple of feet of flood water and he's got to move into hired lodgings uncomfortable inconveniently situated and horribly expensive take toad i say nothing against toad hall quite the best house in these parts as a house but supposing a fire breaks out where's toad supposing tiles are blown off or walls sink or crack, or windows get broken. Where's Toad? Supposing the rooms are drafty. I hate to draft myself. Where's Toad? No, up and out of doors is good enough to roam about and get one's living in. But underground to come back to at last. That's my idea of home. The Mole assented heartily, and the Badger, in consequence, got very friendly with him. "'When lunch is over,' he said, "'I'll take you all round this little place of mine. I can see you'll appreciate it. You understand what domestic architecture ought to be you do.' After luncheon, accordingly, when the other two had settled themselves into the chimney-corner, and had started a heated argument on the subject of eels. The badger lighted a lantern, and bade the mole follow him. Crossing the hall, they passed down one of the principal tunnels, and the wavering light of the lantern gave glimpses on either side, of rooms both large and small, some mere cupboards, others nearly as broad and imposing as Toad's dining hall. A narrow passage at right angles led them into another corridor, and here the same thing was repeated. The mole was staggered at the size, the extent, the ramifications of it all, at the length of the dim passages, the solid vaultings of the crammed store-chambers, the masonry everywhere, the pillars, the arches, the pavements. How on earth, Badger, he said at last, did you ever find time and strength to do all this? It's astonishing. It would be astonishing indeed, said the Badger, simply, if I had done it. But as a matter of fact I did none of it, only cleaned out the passages and chambers as far as I had need of them. "'there's lots more of it all round about. "'I see you don't understand, and I must explain it to you. "'Well, very long ago, on the spot where the wild wood waves now, "'before ever it had planted itself and grown up to what it now is, "'there was a city, a city of people, you know. "'Here, where we are standing, they lived, and walked, and talked, and slept, and carried on their business. Here they stapled their horses, and feasted. From here they rode out to fight, or drove out to trade. was a bit humpy and hillocky, naturally, and full of holes, but that was rather an advantage. And they don't bother about the future, either—the future when, perhaps, the people will move in again, for a time, as may very well be. The wild wood is pretty well populated by now, with all the usual lot—good, bad, and indifferent—I name no names. It takes all sorts to make a world, but I fancy you know something about them yourself by this time." "'I do, indeed,' said the Mole, with a slight shiver. "'Well, well,' said the Badger, patting him on the shoulder. "'It was your first experience of them, you see. They're not so bad, really, and we must all live and let live.' But I'll pass the word around tomorrow, and I think you'll have no further trouble. Any friend of mine walks where he likes in this country, or I'll know the reason why.